0: And welcome to Story Girls, a fortnightly podcast about books with a dash of absurdity. I'm your host, Lindsay. And I'm Alicia. And welcome to episode one of season two. Wee-hoo. Woohoo! Woohoo! Um, this is a little bit of an unusual introductory episode because it's mini and it's not about a book.
1: <laughs> yeah, um... In just uh, preparing to record our podcast um, or our episodes for season two, uh, we just decided to do a little bit of an intro, Miniso, to explain um, kind of like the reasons why we chose the authors that we chose and... Yeah, and a little bit of background about yeah. the genre, because
0: yeah. the first season was just random books linked by the word castle. But this season is actually sp- focusing on a specific time period and a mm-hmm. specific genre. So mm-hmm. we wanted to give a little bit of background in case mm-hmm. people aren't familiar or if people have heard the term. So we're talking about the golden age of detective fiction. Yeah. And so maybe you've heard the term, don't really know what it refers to. Maybe you're already up on it. Maybe you've never heard of it. But... Basically, there are a few, um, you know, you can you can find sort of different people saying that the start and end was this date or that date or this book or that book. But generally speaking, we're talking about the interwar period. So between the two world wars, 20s and 30s, what is widely regarded as the golden age of detective fiction. Um, so as you know, I like a good mystery.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And... As you probably also know, I'm not a huge fan of a lot of contemporary mysteries. Yeah, I don't know. I have found that with contemporary mysteries, they fall into one of two categories, the ones I personally have read. They're either very fluffy Mm -hmm. and not very well written Mm -hmm. and do that thing where at the very end, when it's time to reveal, they're like oh, and here's this key piece of information that I didn't give you, and that solves everything, which is just so unsatisfying. Mm -hmm. Um, Or they're more well-written, they're more well-plotted, but they're just so bleak. Right, yes. So bleak, so gritty, and like... And I get that some—that is life. There
1: there are some exceptions to the rule, but Mm -hmm. generally, generally
0: that's sort of the trend I find. There's like the cozy, which tends to be fluffy. Yeah. Or there's like the gritty, which tends to be so like such a downer.
1: And I think that people can even see that in you know the shows that are available today, mm-hmm, like gosh, mm-hmm. if you scan Netflix, it's oh, yeah, it's so easy to find a bleak show, really, yeah, it is, um, yeah, or like a super fluffy show, and mm-hmm. I'm like, I want a show that has a little bit of everything, please exactly, but I never yeah. want it to get too dark because I just don't want to be depressed all the time mm-hmm. uh, anyways, back to this, back to this, so. Uh, for me, the
0: golden Age of detective fiction, it so it was a lot of things. It was really starting to define the um, tropes of the genre, okay and it was also starting to like push the boundaries a little bit, the um, play with some of the things that they could do and take risks and and try new narratives and um, But what I love about the detective fiction from this era is that, yeah, it has a little bit of both. It doesn't shy away from some of the more serious um, psychological and social issues. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's got, like, a wittiness. It's got a lightness. It's got some, like, fantastic wordplay, dialogue. There's some elegance, There's just a lot of... um, it's a good time reading it, mm-hmm. and it's also a thought-provoking time reading it. Right. It really blends the two. Um, so, the I'm going to say the four authors, so we're focusing on four female authors from yep. the Golden Age. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I'm going to We'll start off with Dorothy Sayers, although we're going to be covering her last.
1: <laughs> yeah, and Dorothy Sayers is really how I came to this, because mm-hmm. several years ago, you let me, mm-hmm. well, you really wanted me to read one book, mm-hmm. but in order to read that book, I had to read another book. <laughs> Two other books. <laughs> Two other books. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I did that yep. and then I just really wanted to read more mm-hmm. of her. I loved them mm-hmm. and I really wanted to read more of her books. So Dorothy Sayers. And so when we were talking about the podcast, mm-hmm. we really wanted to cover her. Mm-hmm. We were like, well, we just can't have a season just with Dorothy Sayers. <laughs> Another four <laughs> book season. A four book season just by one author. My yeah. gosh, what a knee shot he is have. <laughs> um, and so you introduced, well, she's like, she's part of this era. She's part yeah. of this. And, uh, you know, she was celebrated, but there were others as well. Mm-hmm. So um, we've been, you had already read, I mm. think, most of these. Yep. And uh, so I had started reading them. So the mm-hmm. ones, the other ones, like I read specifically for this podcast, mm-hmm. but Dorothy Sayers, I'm now on like my third read. Yeah. Um. And yeah, like really talking about hers, like the culmination, talking about, in particular gaudy night gaudy nights uh which is just amazing and also yeah. like you build it to me as the first like n- like definitively like feminist mm-hmm. piece of like detective fiction mm-hmm. like on record yeah and so that's why i like put in the time with the other two books which mm-hmm. i loved and i ended up like um so dorothy sayers um uh, her detective is Lord Peter Whimsy. Mm-hmm. Man, I love me some whimsy. <laughs> Who doesn't love whimsy? Whimsy is so great. He's so great. He's so great. Um, yeah, so. And I've... Gaudy
0: Night is the third book in a quartet. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first book is Strong Poison. The yep. second book is Have His Carcass. The third book is Gaudy Night. And the fourth book is Busman's Honeymoon. And we are going to be covering all of them. Yes. And they go in order. Yes. Don't read them
1: out of order. No. And then feel Don't free to it. just pop another whimsy book up there if you want to. Yeah. Um, and really, when you're talking about, yeah, like they talk about the societal, like there's some harshness. Like there mm-hmm. is that. Like some of the other whimsy books, in, I mean, they have that in these ones too, but mm-hmm. some of the other ones, like um, One Manor of Death was. Mm, the Nine Tailors. Haunting. So haunting. Haunting. And then um, Murder Must Advertise, mm, the, the conclusion to that yeah. was also. Uh, A bit jarring. Jarring is a good word for that. Yeah, Yeah. so then from there we go to... So the other authors that we have. Right, so I'm going to divert a little bit to say...
0: So Dorothy Sayers um, was one of a group of women who were collectively known as the queens of crime. Mm. So Dorothy Sayers is one. um, Marjorie Allingham is another one. And we're going to be covering one of her books as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Niall Marsh is... Mm -hmm. Another one, and we're going to be... Our first episode coming up soon is going to be about her book, Surfeit of Lampreys. Mm -hmm. And then Agatha Christie is the other, uh, who is known as the Queen of Crime. Controversially, perhaps, we will not be covering Agatha Christie, because... In Neither our of us like her. Humble opinion. <laughs> she's the worst one. She's terrible. And so instead, we are going to slot in Josephine Tay, who is not part of this group, who is known as the Queens of Crime, but should have been.
1: Well, and it's interesting that she's not considering mm-hmm. that The Daughter of Time is mm-hmm. widely regarded as one of like the best, one of the best, like detective novels of all
0: time. Yeah, and I think that a couple things with Josephine Tay, For one, she was much less prolific. She wrote seven novels in total. And that's it. <laughs> I know that's... seven is still
1: pretty great. I know, but it, but for detective Nio novels, Nao Marsh yeah. wrote thirty-two. Well, Nao, yeah. On.
0: And how many did Agatha Christie wrote? Like my goodness! Oh gosh, you did not
1: stop. She Which is, is why, like, quality over quantity, people. <laughs>
0: I mean, you've been pretty hard, Agatha Christie. I don't think she's terrible. I just
1: I don't get the same enjoyment out of reading her books. I. Yeah, I tried many times to read an yeah. Agatha Christie, and just was like, I just cannot. Like, I just, yeah. there's nothing keeping me in this book. I do not enjoy it. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, her characterization isn't as good. Um, yeah.
0: Her characters, don't, like, her multi-book characters, like Poirot and Miss Marple, they don't develop, they don't change. Like, there's nothing really happening there. Yeah. Um, I find her, yeah, her her plots just don't hold my interest in the same way. I feel like there's not as much depth to her stories as there are to these other authors that we're going to be covering. Right. So that's who we're going to be talking about. So there were uh, many, many, many authors, not just these five women um, that we've mentioned in this era. Um, so some of the other authors that you may have heard of are G.K. Chesterton, Anthony Berkeley, Edmund Crispin. Um, there were lots of other they actually had an entire club called the Detection Club that they all would get together and have dinners and rituals and stuff, which we might do a on because it's pretty cool. Well, that sounds great. Yeah. Um, But yeah, just to talk a little bit about the context and history of it. So why did detective fiction suddenly blossom in the 20s and 30s? There's different speculation, but basically a lot of people think that because World War One had just ended. So, of course, there was a lot of, like, relief and, and things, but it was also a pretty bleak time. Like, it was a pretty bleak reality economically. Mm-hmm. Um, things were pretty bad. And also, the tension of the war being over, so many people were now confronted with so much loss. Mm. There was a lot of grieving. There was a lot of poverty. There was a lot of PTSD from soldiers who had returned, medics who had returned, nurses. There was... The cost of living was soaring. Unemployment was also up. Like, it was just... It was a hard, hard time. And so one of the things that came out of that was that there became this thing, like, known as play fever. And people really wanted a distraction. Mm -hmm. And so there were things like... um, games like bridge or like mahjong or um, crossword puzzles like but there were all the rage and detective fiction was one of those things where mm. people wanted a puzzle mm. so the earliest ones they were really constructed as puzzles like they were there to like occupy your mind keep you you know engaged and people just ate it up people were just loving it so I think that a lot of authors or people who were um, you know, aspiring writers or whatever were kind of were like, well, this is what is selling. This is what I'm going to do, and there was this flourishing of the genre. Um, and then, as they got more like established and and popular and financially secure, these authors started then pushing the boundaries a little bit more and playing with their craft and writing these really phenomenal novels that then started to transcend the genre. Mm. And they weren't just puzzles anymore. They were, like, really, you know, looking at, like, the sort of, like, complex, like, um you know, exploring, like, the psyche and, like, human relationships and, like, all kinds of stuff. And it's just such an interesting um time. It's also, like, it's really fascinating for us now to read these because while they weren't necessarily trying to write social history they were writing about the time that they were living in which now is really fascinating social history for mm. us to sort of get a window into that what it was like living in that time so yeah that's kind of the golden age of detective fiction in a nutshell yeah that's, All right. that's what we're covering mm. <laughs> yeah. and we've chosen because we're a feminist podcast to focus mm-hmm. on the four female writers that mm-hmm. we love um,
1: mainly so, just to get to Dorothy Sayers but actually like Sir <laughs> of Lampreys ha, has a little special place in my
0: heart yeah it's a good one it's a good one um, so go out and get it yeah you can probably find it at your library and if not the there's actually like a quite, it's quite easy to find um, in used bookstores like all of these writers
1: yeah 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 now they're, that I've started looking it's mm-hmm. actually yeah like it's quite interesting to yeah. be like oh okay like from the 20s like but here, they are. here yeah. they are
0: yeah you don't see them so much in like chapters no um although Dorothy Sayers has just got a reprint and they have like a shelves of her books right now chapters in all matching editions and they're quite Nice, so I kind of want them. Oh. But uh, so, and you can actually get Niomarsh um, trilogies, like trilogy anthologies mm. in a lot of, you know, more mainstream bookshops right now. I don't like those because they're unwieldy to hold. <laughs> but anyway, this is a sidetrack. You can find them quite easily. There are, they, a lot of these have been reprinted. You can order them online. You can find them in bookshops or you can find them in used bookshops. A lot of the original editions, um, they're, they're out there.
1: Great. All right, well, thanks so much for joining us, and we hope that you join us for this season. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I wish I had a sign off. Yeah, we
0: still have a sign off. We're going to get one, we promise, by the end of this season.
1: Creep you later. Creep you later, <laughs> folks. <laughs>